Hey team, welcome to this week's episode of Please Blow My Mind with me, Will Fleming. If I sound a bit strange, it's because I'm outside, it's super cold here in Germany. I've just been uh, visiting a bunker here in Germany. So behind me is this old school bunker, if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and yeah, the bunkers in Germany still exist. They're still safe, they're still sound. And I've just interviewed a really interesting guy called Georg. Uh, he's like a local historian in the city of Mannheim about the bunkers and his involvement with kind of restoring, getting people back into seeing history. And I think it's really important that, um, you know, in this modern world we live in, it's not just about reading it or liking it on Facebook. It's also about seeing it, being there, touching it, something like that anyway. If you're new here to Please Blow My Mind, I want to say hello and welcome. Um, lots of new listeners and viewers coming in lately and it's really cool because, uh, look, this was why I created this podcast, to share ideas, to to talk about complicated issues in a way that we could, we could enjoy them together and learn about them together. And so, hello to everyone who's new. Hello to everyone who's been around here for a while. I think we're in our 30s now in terms of episodes and that's really cool. Okay, this episode is a goodie. Uh, it's with my new friend. Um, he's the German version of Wim Hof. His name's Matthias and he's a doctor kind of tinkering around with the brain, understanding how we think. He's a psychologist. He's just an all-round good guy. And we sit down for a nice long-form conversation about breathing, about this thing that's inbuilt in us and that we have to do every second of every day how this is changing lives. Now, many of you will have heard of Wim Hof. He's kind of reinvigorated the whole world of breathing. And Matthias is his official German person, I guess. He's the Wim Hof of Germany. So it's not just about the Wim Hof meth method, but I'm also interested to pick Matthias's brain about all of the different things he's worked out on his scientific studies through his career. You know, he spent some time understanding music and how it affects humans. And, and I love these type of chats because they explain to us that kind of dark matter and what it means to be human, you know. For me, that's all I'm interested in. I'm not interested in just I am and I believe and I'm on this team, I want to go deeper. I want to understand why we give a crap about it. And, and, and that's the burden that we have as humans. Like we're conscious. We think about this stuff. We don't understand everything and I think that freaks us out. But we want to undersimplify things. We want to be a left or a right or a, a red or a blue. I'm saying there's a spectrum of colors. And I want to be dipping in and out and understanding all of that stuff and I think out of that becomes some type of satisfaction of aiming to live life at the highest potential you can whatever that means whether it's yourself or helping people or something like that so anyway that was a bit of a rant but that's good a rant's needed every now and then and it's warmed me up a bit man it's cold here in Germany so the plan is the next couple of weeks to travel back to New Zealand and start chatting to more people great guests lined up on the podcast i want to thank you all for joining me on this podcast and for blowing my mind enjoy this week's episode and go blow someone's mind it's a really good thing to do thanks team we live in a world that encourages us to remove ourselves from the human experience whether it's looking at our phones too long forgetting how to talk to someone face to face or just straight up giving in and convincing ourselves that a chicken nugget is actual food it's not food it's silence I don't know about you, but this freaks me out. So I've started a podcast, my antidote to this silliness. It's time to blow our minds. My name is Will Fleming. Welcome to my podcast, Please Blow My Mind. Um, quick question, have you been to New Zealand yet? No, Australia, but not New Zealand. Oh, come on, man. Time to, time to book, <laughs> I know. book your trip. I know. We have two small children here. I think it's... We just... Is that my one? Yeah, thank we you. We just had like second thoughts because it's a long trip for, for them. You know? It's too long. Mm. But 
you know, I think what happens is kids get too old and then New Zealand becomes a bit boring. Really? Because, you know, the older kids want to do stuff in the city, yeah. I guess. So it's quite good when they're young because you can go to Hobbiton, you can do skiing, you know, surfing, all that stuff. So mm. um, anyway, let's get into I it. I keep this in mind. Yeah, for and sure. And now you know me. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could perfect. pick you up and drive you around. No okay. problem. Matthias, thank you for joining me on the podcast. It's uh, it's nice to travel all the way to Hanover to come and to come and meet you. And I wanted to acknowledge the fact that, you know, lots of people are negative about social media, mm -hmm. but we met through the internet. Yeah, and right. And now we're talking, and I think that there's something cool about that. I still don't know how you and others, when they receive my email, don't know it's just spam. Mm -hmm. you know? So what's going on there? Do you think there's a feeling through the email? I, mm -hmm. I try and write as if I'm speaking, and more times than not, I think someone will just delete it. Because mm -hmm. if I was a spammer, I would write exactly how I write, <laughs> really? being polite, okay. being nice, but every human gets back to me. So Asking for interviews, yeah. most of the emails I really put away are like, we have kind of $3 million for you from in Africa, please just respond. <laughs> I was thinking about doing that, but um, maybe, maybe I shouldn't. Hey, so I thought what was interesting today is to kind of talk about you and kind of where you are putting a lot of your thinking time, mm. exactly explaining to the audience what it is you do do, and then maybe we can just see where we go. Ultimately, I hope these conversations provide us a good feeling of talking about things that matter, but also for people who are listening to maybe say, you know what, I don't have to empty out my fridge and only eat protein. I don't have to go and do 100 kilometers tomorrow. Maybe it's a one or two things that mm. give uh, the fire. Maybe not the fire, but the spark. Mm. And I think sometimes people forget that. They just tell you to, you know, be motivated. But they forget that if you haven't been for a run in three years, like me, it's very difficult. Mm. So maybe we can just start, you know, what is it exactly you do? And... Um, yeah, let's get through kind of like your 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 study and 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 how you got to that place. Because do you mm. do you kind of think of yourself as someone that helps people? Yeah, sure. Yeah, especially right now in the moment. Right. Because I um, I was a researcher. I still am for a very long time, completely in research. So I I started studying psychology, and uh, was um, at the end of my my studying, I was. Um, well, I, w I had the idea to go into the music psychology business. Like music psychology. Music psychology. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to know how the brain is processing music. And I was looking out for researchers in Germany who did this, but there was only one. Only one in the Max Planck in Leipzig. Mm. And I um, was working there, I was doing some work there. Um, I studied uh, the brain with EEG, so I took some, some brain waves, right? And we were presenting people with specific musical phrases, and I was comparing music to language, what are the differences when, when both are together, like in a song, um, which is the first thing that is processed in the brain and so on. And I was yeah, following the, the normal, usual scientific career, and was investigating many different like patient groups from Parkinson's disease to wow. Tourette syndrome, cochlear implant patients with the artificial um, hearing aids. Um, how do they process language and music? And how do we cope or um, handle interfering information like in a cognitive and an emotional domain, the wow. most, most uh, part of my work. And then I was on a point where I thought, is it really it to just make some experience, um, experiments and um, analyze the data on a computer? It's, it's boring, you know, because it's so complicated stuff. It's very highly sophisticated software. You learn this for many years. Mm. And it was like, yeah, I want to do some practical stuff. Right. And I started um, learning hypnosis. Really? I started learning some coaching and psychotherapy techniques. And then I, come, I came to the point, in, uh, like three years ago, when I uh, came across the Wim Hof Method. 
And now, at this moment in my life, I'm like 90% Wim Hof Method instructor in getting my, my money from this. It seems like the Wim Hof Method, and maybe we should describe what that is yes. for the people, the one or two people in the world who don't know about it. Um, but it seems to me that this encapsulates everything, right? Like you're talking yeah. about music. And yeah. I know Wim is very mm. big into kind of, you know, that, you know, it's a guitar and yeah. and there seems to be something very human about music, right? Uh, just on that point, mm. did you find, like, what was the most mind-blowing thing that you found out during your scientific studies on humans and music and how it interacts with us? Because it seems profound. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when some, you know, and I, sorry, but sometimes when people say, you know, when I talk about humanity and what it means, and I think, you know, it is strange that for fun we go to a dark room, have alcohol, and dance to a beat. Mm-hmm. That is strange. Yeah. But it feels normal and it feels right. It's the same at the cinema, you know, there's the big loudspeakers and it must be talking to us whilst other people are around. There's this weird dynamic. Um, so, yeah, what was the kind of, did you have any findings that really made you think wow that's really interesting when it comes to music and humans of course but i don't from my perspective perspective right now it's maybe not so amazing right because if you're a researcher you know um you you find something you have your very interesting results and you're so in this topic Mm -hmm. you know my results were like language and music had some similarities and some very huge differences in when the brain processing these kind of um, topics and modalities and there are huge differences between men and women Um, and of course yeah this is when you when you're there and you're a new researcher it's completely fascinating Mm. but it's not like I didn't help any people with this, you know. <laughs> From right now, I have workshops. I see what happens with mm. these people. I'm, I'm so glad and thankful. I can really change a little bit their lives. But you know? that was what got you. I mean, you were already interested in trying to understand the human condition, mm-hmm. and so you were seeking a little bit like me with this podcast. Yeah. I'm not sure what I'll be doing in ten years. Yeah. But it's definitely a way for me to get in, to be in a safe space to talk about things that we don't understand. Sure. I don't want to be disrespectful for my, for my history or my no, story. No, no. It's just like um, I see things differently right now yeah. because I think science has a valid position and it's a, an awesome tool mm. to get to know more about the reality. We maybe not really get to the, the real stuff. Mm. It's just like an approach and we don't know if we're going to the real stuff or right. approaching or going somewhere else. But it's sometimes things work when yeah. you have science background. Yes. You know, we have these technical things. We have smartphones. Mm. Something is working with mm. science, right? But there are huge areas right now in, in our world where we have a strong, not, not only a strong hunch, but we know for sure that science in... Um, and the way we, we saw it doesn't work anymore, like in the health industry, like right. when people have chronic diseases and the mental disorder um, area as well, because it's not just biology, what we have thought like 10, 20 years ago. Um, 20 years ago, most researchers thought that we just have to change neurotransmitters on the brain and everything is, is good again mm. you know it's it's status quo and, and the brain is working and uh, psychosis and depression uh, will will can can be prevented or, mm. or fight against right but now it's it's, it's a different um, perspective it's like science uh, if you think about the old slow internet or something like that there's a bandwidth problem eh? and we can't we can't articulate it deep enough it's kind of like, um, um, that's how it feels for me. Yeah. That's why when it comes back to this religion stuff, it's like, wow, maybe maybe that will help us talking about myth mm-hmm. instead of details. You know, it's like we're, we're, we're in a different zone of, you know, the dragon fighting the man or yeah. the woman or whatever it is. And how do you articulate that in a book yeah. with facts and figures? Yeah. And I wonder if that's, what's capturing people's minds about the Wim Hof method 
is that it's equally about believing mm -hmm. in this maybe you know? yeah i mean it's it's a good um point to just check into the Wim Hof method what you mm. write uh, what you said right now because let's 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 talk first of all about science in a way that it's an a theoretical construct you know yeah. how it should be perfectly that's a completely good idea to have systematic um um, um, approaches to to the world. Mm. You don't just believe what you see. You have um, you you set up experiments and see is it really uh, the way I believe or can I be wrong? And are many other scientists uh, in, uh, follow my way or have they different perspective? This in a in a, in a construct is is a perfect and good idea. Mm. But the real the reality of science is right now um, completely different because. Um, I, I don't think it's a bandwidth problem. So we have a lot of research right now. Okay. There are so many things. A one single man can't read what happens in science, even in his field every day. There are many, many papers mm -hmm. and you have to judge, is it a good experiment? Is it valid science or not? So we have, have to go with, uh, with a gut feeling a little bit. We have to see where our interests are leading us, but we can't see the whole picture anymore. Mm. So there are many good um, uh, scientific papers out there, many bullshit papers as well. Mm. So, but we have a lot of bandwidth, but we can't select anymore. We have right. so, too much information. So, and we select information. Everyone does it, right? So we have to select information based on specific criteria. Is it a good university? Is it a, a person who has done research before that is has a good reputation? You know, but sometimes people like like underdogs can good, do good research. Mm. So it's not easy anymore. And we see maybe in, in, in many de decades or in many hundred years what really happened right now. Because right. I think there are many Einsteins right there yeah. when nobody really recognizes them. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you call in science like, like these papers that come out and um, are not really detected despite their good work, right. uh, like Sleeping Beauty. Sometimes, yeah. maybe in 100 years, they get detected and, and the recognized. The most amazing thing, yeah. yeah. So on the Wim Hof method has its strong um, side that it is, um, Wim Hof is really keen on put this method to the test. Mm. So there are some scientific papers already out there that show there's some some stuff going on there. This is not, not just esoteric bullshit. Mm. So and Wim Hof is a, um, a Dutch guy who is in the late 50s right now, who has developed a method um, which he developed in response to cold, to cold nature. Mm -hmm. He was immediately attracted like in the, in the early 20s of, of his, um, his life um, to, to cold waters and he was going inside these cold waters and he immediately felt, immediately felt this, is, this is it, I get a kick of energy and it, it made me feel alive, you know? Mm. And he developed like breathing techniques um, which um, make, made him um, uh, to, able to, to stand the cold and to stand the cold water. So, and he, um, in his life, he was like a clown in the Netherlands. Like, this is a crazy Dutch guy. He does all the records of have the, the longest ice bath and many Guinness Book World Records additionally. And people say, this is a clown. It's, it's nice, he's an extreme guy, but why should we care, yeah. right? And he was um, getting to know some scientists and he was um, underwent some experiments and they, they immediately saw these amazing, amazing things in his blood. Mm. So there's something to this method that is really detectable by science. And in this part of his life, he got this kind of missionary thinking, like, because they said, um, if you can show this method to other people, many people would be, get much better in, in a health right. way, right? So, and he was like, yeah, creating workshops and he has a very clever son. Um, he um, make this, this platform, wimhoffmethod.com mm -hmm. and he was like get, um, 
was invited in many huge American podcasts mm. and uh, was really famous. On, he is famous right now and in the U US especially, I think. And yeah, this is his method. So breathing techniques, going regularly into cold waters or take cold showers and developing a kind of mindset out of this. And um, this mindset is maybe the blurriest thing of, of his method right. because it's like sometimes it's more commitment they say so you should do it on a regular basis mm -hmm. sometimes it's more meditation sometimes it's a mindset thing like if you can do this stay in the cold what you have thought of uh, as uh, this is impossible uh, beforehand mm. and what else is possible in your life right so that's a kind of switch of your belief system because the pictures you see on the internet are quite they capture your imagination people in snow mm -hmm. with little clothes on yeah and this i think is part of what is interesting about this whole thing is even you know let's call me uneducated educated in some areas but in many things not, but you can still grasp what's happening. You know, it's something yeah. like um, put yourself in a hard situation and your body will release something to help you. Mm -hmm. And out of that, it's like the antidote for your bad feeling or something like that. Yeah. But it's interesting because I also said to you before we started the podcast that I can tell you a lot about the Wim Hof method. I just haven't done it. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to figure out why is that? Yeah. Why is, maybe that's normal. Maybe that's normal. Lots of people become very, we get the endorphin from Googling it, from mm. listening to the podcasts, from Seeing some videos, feeling maybe. part of the conversation. Mm. And you're like, oh yeah, Wim Hof method. Take the deep breaths, you know, oxygenate the body yeah. and put yourself in the cold. But I don't know why I haven't done it. And I can probably tell you the reason I haven't is because I don't want to go in cold water. Yeah. I want to have a warm shower mm -hmm. and I want to go to work and come home and eat warm food. Yeah, I think man, like 99% of all the people on the world maybe think of the same way. Like uh, it's not possible to stay in the cold so long. We know this. Mm. We, we go outside in, in freezing temperatures and we're freezing. Mm. It's like we have to get some warm clothes on, on <laughs> our side because that's what we have been told by our grandmothers and mothers and, and family Correct. members. Yeah. It's now this generation or this, this kind of decade where I think with all of the things in mental health and yeah. general unhappiness, that's why these things are rising to the top. Mm -hmm. So now it becomes the question, so what does the every person do? Mm. What does the every man or woman do to begin this journey? And maybe it's not called the Wim Hof Method. Maybe it's just simply putting yourself in more uncomfortable situations. I mean, the people you work with, are they all highly motivated or are they like me, where they don't want to be in the cold? They've uh, worked hard to get Netflix mm -hmm. and now I want to enjoy it. Yeah. But it's that that's slowly killing me. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, I think the one of the main messages of the Wim Hof Method is get out of your, of your comfort zone. Mm. Because this is what, kill, what kills you in, in the end. And mo, I think most of the people who are book my workshops, of course, are highly motivated because they know something about the method. They have been practicing it for many, many weeks sometimes mm. and, and they want to know more and they want to get a good instruction of the method because mm. not everyone is able to learn from videos or from the internet. I think this is a problem. Mm. So there's some, so many instructions out there, but it's not, not for everyone to learn in this way. Right. So, um, and many people find Wim Hof and his method, um, completely fascinating but like you it's just yeah they can't really imagine to go in the cold mm. and I can just recommend just it's it's a multi-part method if mm. you don't want to go in the cold just don't do it just do the breathing technique mm. because this is 50% of all the benefits you can get and it's a huge benefit so what would five days look like? Because I sometimes think about things in weeks, you know. Mm. I've said to you before, I just started running again. And the, the goal is just to go every day. <laughs> because I kind of thought about it at a minimum. At a minimum, you still look like a stupid person running because you're so slow. 
but you're making your legs stronger. Or, you know, if you lift weights every day, you get calluses. So mm. your feet are so soft because you haven't run. Just go every day. What would five days look like if I wanted to um, start this method? Like, you know, I don't know how much you can share or, you know, obviously I'm trying to balance. You do this as a profession, so I'm just being mindful. I, I can share a lot because yeah. it's, it's really, most of the, these um, things are, is, are free. Okay. The only thing you really have to pay for is get a workshop, get a good instruction. You right. can do it by your by yourself. It's yeah. no problem. It's, you, but I, I sure, from my experience, I always have like 50, 60% of, of participants in my workshop that say, they are completely blown away how how this method works, um, how effective th this method method is in a workshop in a group setting, mm. which is not comparable to do it on your own. But you can do it. Of course, you will have some good effects, mm. but there's still a difference. Do you add in a little bit of your own learning with psychology and like? Yeah, a little bit. Can you a tweak it? So, if yeah. you were going to recommend what you know, say five days might look like for me or people listening yeah. and watching. Because um, I'm very interested in that, right? We are all our own humans mm. and we have our own experiences. So yeah. we take in some things from others and I like that. It's kind of like a, a nice inbuilt strategy, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, what should I do? I mean, it's cold in Germany now, so I can probably go in the cold. Yeah. But, for example, in New Zealand, it's very yeah. warm weather. Yeah. So people will have to resort to the cold shower or the ice bath or something like that. Mm. So it's it's very easy to start with breathing technique. Okay. And it's it's a very there are many videos, many instruction videos and in, in the internet on YouTube. It's mainly you take deep breathings, deep inhalations, like and just let go. Okay. Just deeply in, let go. Like 30, 40 times. Okay. And then you exhale completely, just mm -hmm. relax. And then you hold your breath as long as you can. After 30 or 40. After 30 or 40 inhalations. And then if you feel the urge to breathe again, you take one deep breath in, hold it for 15 seconds, and then let go. That's it. This is just one round. And you right. do, like, I would start with three rounds. Three right. rounds of these techniques. And do it every day. Just track what happens to you, nice. what you feel during this um, breathing technique and after, after you've done it, track it for two weeks and you see amazing results with you. What is it doing? What is the breathing doing? Because we're breathing all the time. Yeah. Uh, if you have asked me like four years ago, um, Matthias, they are breathing techniques. They have a lot of amazing effects. I would say, you're crazy. There's just breathing that can't happen anything. And how wrong I was because there are so many breathing techniques. Right. And if you open the door, like for, go to conferences of, of um, breath workers, it is so amazing. There are so many different techniques out, out there. And the Van Hoff method is kind of a special technique because it's a stress uh, evoking breathing technique. Mm. Many other techniques are like emphasizing your relaxation response. Right. You're getting more in balance, you're getting more calm. The Van Hoff method activates you on the first hand, but afterwards you get more relaxation, hmm. you know? And it's, what, what happens, you, you have, I, I think you have, you have three parts of this method, like I described, 30, 40 deep inhalations, mm -hmm. just letting go. Then you hold your breath without air in your lungs. And you, then afterwards you take one inhalation and hold it for 15 seconds. And in the first phase, you're, um, breathing in a little bit more oxygen into your blood. We have like 97, 98% uh, oxygenation in your right. blood. So we can't really increase it so much, but you can do it to, to 100% and you breathe out more CO2. Okay. And if you hold your breath in the second phase, all the phys physiological processes are um, reversed. So oxygen is con consu consumed in your body it, it it gets decreased slowly after one minute you're like 90 percent 80 percent it lowers and, and it gets de decreased and your co2 is rising so it's this is i think the ingenious idea of this method to put both processes uh, processes in one technique 
And this is really the, the strong experience you have when you're just low of oxygen and then you get this one single breath into your lungs. Your body has to react just with one flush of oxygen mm. or rush of, of, of this oxygenation. And this, it seems that this is triggering all your good feel, good feel hormones. You're like you, of euphoria is, is not seldomly experienced. Right. Okay. So that makes total logical sense. Now the mission is to actually do it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that's all right. I tell myself in this podcast tonight is my first three rounds mm-hmm. and just do that. Yeah. Where does the cold come in and, and why do those two things combine? Yeah. Why isn't it heat, for example? Yeah. Um, it's a good question because cold and as well heat are extreme environmental conditions, right? And you can go into the sauna, but research has shown that you, when you want some benefit of, of um, visiting a sauna, you have to go in like four or five times a week, mm-hmm. so many times. And whereas the cold is so strong, um, the, the benefits and the effects you get from going to the cold are so huge that you don't, don't have to do it every day. Mm. So it's a much strong response you, you're triggering there. But it's the same principle. And it's the combination of this breathing technique which triggers stress and going into the cold which triggers also stress. Right. Um, that is so, so highly beneficial and effective because your body gets out of balance. He has to adapt to these new situations and that makes him stronger because he, you, your brain thinks the next time I, would, I must be better pre- prepared for right. this. And there's, there's a huge warning to the Wim Hof method and this is very important. Never do the breathing exercises when you go into the water. Okay. These are two... Um, two sides of the method but the combination is meant in a way like that's in the long time or long term yes. um, pairing you know but never do breathing techniques in, in the water because sometimes people experience like blackouts or getting a little bit dizzy when they're right. doing the method and mm-hmm. if you just black out in the water you, you drown right so it's very important not to do right. a combination directly with breathing techniques and going to the water yeah um what will people feel when they're obviously I and others will be actively trying this because this is cool this is something that you can do in your own time will it be comfortable will it be uncomfortable taking those deep breaths and I only oh I could try it right yeah but I'm interested this is kind of like you articulating it and deeper and deeper and deeper helps me with I can expect all of these things. It's almost like the personal trainer. Of the yeah. yeah, but you know, of course, everyone is very um, individual. Mm. So it depends what you uh, experience. There are some patterns of many people having uh, the same experiences, but sometimes it differs. So um, there was an Australian professor on my podcast who was um, also investigating the Wim Hof method, Mark Coe, and he, and he told me these three phases... Um, the first two phases have a dysphoric condition. A dysphoric? Dysphoric. What's that? So it's the opposite of euphoria. Dysphoria. Oh, like a... Dysphoric. Like a, yeah. yeah. It's not feeling good. Okay. So many people who are starters with breathing techniques, they're not used to use the muscles of the, the intercostal areas. Yeah. So it could be a lot of resistance. It's, right. it's very uncomfortable it's it's an effort and you sometimes because breathing and brain and your emotional centers are highly connected and you're getting more air into your lungs it, maybe you at the end you might feel more freely and more released sometimes it's also there's something in your body that's blocking all the negative stuff right so it could be a lot of resistance at the first like 20 breath Mm. but it gets better you have to get through this it could be uncomfortable to hold your breath sometimes it's a stillness a calmness that people really enjoy but it's not from the maybe not from the start maybe it is it's really individual but the the last three the the third phase when you just hold your breath uh, for 15 seconds most people get like 
like almost euphoric drug-like experiences. Mm. They get rush of of laughter sometimes, mm. the happiness, wow. they feel connected to other people. Yeah. And if you do like three rounds, four rounds, these feelings are increased. Wow. And it's, it's like Wim Hof says, feeling is believing. So I can tell you a lot of physiological processes right. that may be uh, behind this method, but it's like, just try this out. It's, it's cost you nothing, no, 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 it's no exactly. money. You just have to lie down be in a safe, safe environment and do some like some you're in, like in bed. Yeah. So that would morning, evening doesn't matter. You should maybe you should start in the morning because um, if you do the breathing technique before you have a breakfast, you're not um, activating your digestive system, so mm. you're free to experience everything. Sometimes people in my workshops that are last more than one day, when they do breathing sessions in the evening, they say, oh, it's much more effective for me mm. to do this in the evening hours because I get a better sleep from right. this afterwards. It's so funny, my brain works in a weird way. I think about, you know, you're in your room and you're breathing heavily. Mm -hmm. That sounds like something else mm. for many people, you know. You can't just say, I'm doing the Wim Hof method. Yeah. Hey man, what are you doing in the room breathing so loudly? But I think it's partly trying to overcome, you know, being vulnerable enough to try something new. Maybe to say to your flatmates or to your people in your house, um, hey, I'm going to try this thing and it's going to sound like I'm well, I'm going to be breathing loud. Mm. You won't have heard that very often. I, I don't think you have to breathe real loud. So it's it's not like it, these sounds are so um, right, like detectable by yeah, other yeah, people. That's yeah. not the case. But you, you um, mentioned a point that is maybe important um, or more important regarding the cold and cold exposure because people are going in the wintertime in, in cold lakes or in the cold rivers and that grabs the attention of other people of course mm. and could be could be embarrassing mm. if everyone's looking at you when you just have a bathing suit on and you just go into a cold lake mm. but it's also a kind of which i think a kind of um lesson for you to overcome your your self-embarrassing thoughts you know yeah. to just do it in front of other people who think you're crazy but you have some benefit out mm. of this could be a good thing that's actually something that not that many people talk about is uh, i did a little bit of listening or reading about the stoic way which mm. was purposely doing something embarrassing yeah and learning to deal with that you know, so exactly. And I wonder if that partly is what that's offering you as well. Yeah. You, oh, who are those weird people jumping in the lake? Yeah. You know what you're doing. You're safe. You're doing it. You have a reason to do it. You're getting the reactions and you're getting more than just the cold and the breathing. It's all of these. Things. And you know what, what attracts me to the Wim Hof method? That this is like uh, lift philosophy, mm. you know, because I, I read a lot of philosophers i'm attracted to intellectual ways of thinking and i am inspired by many other books but it's it's not about reading about something it's about doing something experience right. something and it's like you learn about yourself a lot about life about other people and one of the main benefits for me and I know for other people as well who, who are doing the method is that you are lowering your stress levels and as a consequence have um, lower levels of, of anxiety. Mm. So you're getting more fearless. It also seems to be one of the areas that you don't have, you can be any gender, any race. It's, sure. it's a combining feature of humanity as yeah. opposed to other things where it might be um, you know where you were brought up or what culture you're from yeah it seems to be that good everyone is built with breathing and i wonder how many other things there must be lots of different things that if you add them all up you know the breathing the the because doesn't we're more so hasn't he worked out how to control kind of um i remember that experiment or the research about injecting some mm. poison in. i mean how does that work for you? Have you gone that far to understand how to control your... Uh, I don't know what it is. What, are, what is he controlling when he doesn't get sick from that 
Yeah. Hmm. I think this is, I, I, I hope so, to be frankly. It's a matter of, um, of, of, um, of the level of the method. Right. Um, since I started the, the method, I really can count the days I was, I was sick. Really? So it, it really changed my health and not getting sick, not getting any cold or mm. infections. And he has shown uh, on himself in a study and on, on a group of participants, which he has trained with his method, that they are, were able to cope with injected um, endotoxins. These are bacteria hulls. Not the real stuff, but they evoke a a, um, a, a cold response, mm. a, a, a immune system response that makes you feel very sick. But it lasts only for five hours, and then the body reacts to it. It's, it's a normal thing. Yeah. I don't have to panic here. It, it's okay. Yes. But during these five or four hours, you can really um, watch the immune system at its work. And this is very important for, for many areas of science. And they developed this kind of method and they um, were investigating this Wim Hof method with this model. So they saw amazing things going on inside the, the blood from these participants. And uh, we have some, some um, ideas what, what happens there. We know that the adrenaline, the stress hormone, is really, really increasing. Um, in response to the breathing exercises. Mm. And this might help the immune system to work in a more balanced way. But still we are the, the beginning to really understand what is happening there. That's amazing, it's amazing. Have you heard of, um, just changing gears a little bit mm. in the chat, have you heard of someone called David Goggins? Mm -mm. So he's got a book called Can't Hurt Me and I've just finished, actually I was running to it while um, listening to it while running yeah and so it took me 12 days or something like that uh basically navy seal he's all about pushing like finding a way to understand pain mm. and making it your friend yeah and i wonder if there's a correlation between kind of talking harshly to ourselves mm. in an honest way mm. so what i've found myself doing and this is going to sound strange but i'm a strange guy i was running and I kept, yesterday, I was trying to get through my seven kilometers. And it's not easy, you know. I carry a lot of weight around. And mm -hmm. I know I have to run to get the weight lower. So it's a bad equation until it's a good equation. But I kept shouting, don't fucking stop. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself, this is not positive talk. Mm, you're right. But in some ways, it's almost easy. It's almost like putting yourself in the cold. It's... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. I, I, I'm and, and, and it's like I'm in a safe zone. I know it's only to try and give myself the tool mm -hmm. to it's like turn on the cold shower because it's going to, it's going to feel bad in the moment, but hopefully it will give you a, a better overall outcome. And I hadn't talked to myself like this. I'm not someone who is internally saying I hate you, I hate you. Mm -hmm. But in this moment it helped. Yeah, I, I can see what you mean, but yeah. I'm, I'm not quite comfortable with this mm -hmm. because from my perspective and my experience, I think um, to maybe what is helpful is to be honest with yourself, yes. to accept what, what's there, even the negative, the shadow sides. This is really important to get a step further, to mm. progress, mm. but you don't have to be harsh with yourself. Um, I think this is a difference, you know, this is a different point. Mm. So um, accept it. And when you're going into the court, it's not like you have to do it, you right. motherfucker, you know, yeah, yeah. you're not, you're, you're too, too, too much in the comfort zone. Yeah. Why can't you do this? It's not that way. It's like more be confident that you're able to cope with the cold. Mm. Be not harsh with yourself. Just leave your body, release your body to the cold. It's it's stronger still at the end. Don't mm. don't fight it, mm. and don't be so much in control. That but leave the control to other areas of your of your own self. More Wim Hof would say more brainstem areas, like deeper brain areas, deeper mm. parts of your brain. I think there's some truth in it. We have these these inner critics, these these voices in our head that says you're you're not worth it, you're not lovable, whatever, and 
you can shut it down by breathing because when you have low oxygen levels, these parts of the brain might be not so get get enough supplies, you yeah. know, and it's a good thing for a short period of time, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's shutting down these, these voices and you're more like, I'm just being, I'm yeah. just myself and I don't have to be harsh with myself. I want to do something. I want to make my decision to like run for one, one hour, mm. but I accept myself as I am and I don't want to to mess up with my reward system. I mm. want to get something out of this, but I want to be, um, yeah, lovable with myself. I totally agree. I just didn't want to give in to my laziness. Yeah, because that's, that's a big. What, yeah, that's that's true. I just remember one sentence. I really would like would would you add to to my point? Um, don't negotiate with yourself when you have made a decision you know maybe this is what right. you would would helpful to you or, or uh, what you what you maybe what you meant um if you had a decision to i want to run for for one hour don't negotiate if your brain tries to make a veto right during this time and it's crazy i do stupid things like i'm running and people come out walking the dog and i think oh it's going to be embarrassing how slow i run around them yeah so i stop Okay. Or I run to a bridge and all of a sudden the car comes and I say, oh, it's a bit dangerous. I yeah. better turn around. Yeah. So I'm, I was trying to find ways in my mind to say, you know, leave that all out. Yeah. So maybe it's making a deal to say, okay, okay, brain, mm. stop me if it's life-threatening. But other than that, we're running. Uh, what really helped me in this, in this matter is that we... It's just a model, you know, but it's a good idea um, to just think about that you have many parts of, of your ego, of yourself. Mm. And there are some parts when you, when you try to run that say it's completely embarrassing. I won't do this in front of other people. And there's a part in you that maybe says, but I, I don't know if I should care. I want to do this. Mm. And it's, it's a good thing from a coaching perspective to just befriend both parts and say even if there's a part of me that find this embarrassing i can still do it no matter what mm. and this is in myself it's a de democracy not uh, a stalinistic regime yes. so i will have most parts of myself are into running so i completely acknowledge this part of me mm. i don't um, um, treat this disrespectful. But I acknowledge this. You can come when I'm back for my running. You can tell me what, what you think about this. <laughs> but right now, you can go somewhere else. Who are we talking to in that moment? Consciousness? Like, what is that? Is it, is it really us? Oh, oh well. <laughs> are, are we the meat sack with bones? Yeah. Or are we the little driver at the top? Or are we both? Because it sounds like we talk in third person. Right? Yeah. Don't negotiate. Like, hold on. Yeah. I thought I was me. Yeah. I think we have um, um, very deep um, construction um, of different perspectives in ourselves. Um, and this is maybe because of our education, of our upbringing. Mm. Like we have the voices of our parents still in our head. Yeah from other authorities and from, from different areas of our life, different experiences we, we made before. So it's, I think it's a normal thing to have many personalities, maybe even many identities. I just met, last year I met a guy who had a theory that we don't have just personality, we're really identities. So completely separated parts of ourselves. That may be true or maybe not true, he told me, like, Donald Trump maybe has, everyone knows this, he has just one identity. Identity has no problem with any conflicts, inner conflicts. Mm. And that is maybe a strong side of him. Right. I don't know. Right. But many people have inner conflicts. May, conflicts, maybe this makes us a human being. Maybe this is one of our truths. Mm. And I don't know what... what really is the re reality of a personality but i think there are many perspective perspectives of ourselves many sides and this we can use this for our advantage because we can step aside from many point of views and that could be very helpful just just 
step back and see I'm feeling this angle right now, but it's not me. I can watch this mm. and be somewhere in the distance mm. and this could be very helpful. And it's particularly interesting for me because, you know, you say sit back and watch and I think of moments where I'm not proud of how I act in certain mm. scenarios, mainly to the people I love the most, right? Mm. So I'm talking more about being argumentative or um, being a little bit stubborn. Mm. And I'm trying to work out that how do you be the best you can be in the in the um, in the worst situation. So you were saying something before about your workshops. Where is it tapping? You yeah. Know? And then I thought when you talked about hypnosis, because I'm also reading some books on hypnosis and trying to think. You know, uh, I've heard about ways you can leave the person you're hypnotizing with a trigger. Yeah. And so, what would a trigger look like that we can create for ourselves? That when you feel, maybe it's the breathing, you know, when you feel the rage coming, the, you know, you against the saber-toothed tiger, you know, a thousand years ago, um, that's probably inaccurate. I don't know when saber-toothed tigers were around. Anyway, you get my point. You know, what can we do in those moments? Is it ducking out for a second and and doing some, you know, the 30 breaths, then coming back in? Or I don't know. I don't know. But it fascinates me because on the surface... Great, you have these strategies, you have the tools. What happens in your darker moments? Mm. You know, what happens when someone dies or someone does something bad to you? How do you overcome this stuff by by being good? I don't know. It's yeah. interesting. It's it's a very interesting question. I'm I'm I I think I have a character not um, pretending I know all about this and have life wisdom. As I told you, I'm quite allergic allergic to wisdom. (laughs) I'm still questioning, I'm still doubting, and I know that the the techniques I'm um, offering to people sometimes and and many times works for people. Sometimes I get uh, emails that this was a life-changing experience. Mm. I'm very glad to to have the opportunity to get this to, to people. But I'm not sure what really are the key mechanisms of that. And I'm not sure how I would react if there's a immensely huge stressful situation in my life. Mm. I probably think that I will be better prepared than before. And I think this is also like, like muscle training. It's a kind of training you get from these breathing techniques. You change your body. And it's not only like in hypnosis with words, with language, it's just purely physical. Right. And this is what I like. I, I'm, I would consider myself sure, uh, as an intellectual. I really love books. Yeah. I love rational thinking. But this is completely outstanding, um, outstanding way for me to just go with a breathing technique to just purely change your physiology by this um, by this not cognitive way, mm. you know, and I, I find hypnosis completely, extremely fascinating. <laughs> but it's like the the coaching techniques which I use right now are not that they are so depending on other people, other therapists. So I don't need if I'm if I'm a client, I don't need someone else there who sho- shows me how this goes, and um, I'm not depending on his. His knowledge or his point of view, um, it really strengthens your self-efficacy, mm. and this is—I think—it's immensely important to do this. So, it's—it's it's an experience that you are yourself able to do this. You don't mm. need anybody else. Mm. You can can get a good instruction from any from someone else, an experienced instructor or whatever, experienced teacher, but you are capable of doing this by your own. Mm. You're capable of your. You're remembering your own strength. Okay, so quickly before we move on, Mm -hmm. five days trying the breathing. When should I introduce cold shower and how cold? I mean, there are a lot of ways, but I would start with a cold shower. It's, it's, It's really a mindset trick just to be sure you can do this. Right. Start with just cold shower above your breath don't put your head on the cold shower okay. it's a good good idea not to start with the, with your head and and just do it for 30 seconds like around heart the the heart area yeah is that 
hard shoulders, triggering. Just and, and st stay, um, stay still. Mm. Don't just move around. Stay relaxed because that's that's the usual way we we do. Or we cope with coldness, right? We go inside very tensed. We make quick, and we want to get a quick um, out of the shower. And you should be very relaxed, right. calm. Just stand there, feel the cold. Just let it go through you, mm. and you see it gets better. So you cool. Just give yourself a chance the the to experience the, the switch, the, the change of your feeling. Mm. And then you can switch to warm, back to cold again, and you can do whatever you want, but you should end with a cold one. Mm. Just quick, like 30 seconds. Right. And you can raise the amount of time you stay in the cold shower mm. day by day, week right. by week, and they so you make progress. So it could be have your normal shower <sighs> towards the end, just give yourself that bit of... Yeah. 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 Whatever that is, yeah. that's awesome. I love this. Um, okay, kind of coming up to the end because I'm, you know, thinking that we're talking and I could sure. go all day. Hmm. But I'll, the next podcast can be when you visit New Zealand and sure. we have a workshop there. That'll be yeah. cool. I'll invite everyone I know. Um, are you optimistic about our world, our our culture, our the way we live as humans? Because what we're talking about is very hopeful. It's very interesting. It's right. very about you as the person trying to be the best you can be. But depending where you lean in different political ideas and different theories and echo chambers online, what group you're part of, it seems like it seems like we're either in the best time ever or the the time before the storm or something like yeah. that. Like what's your kind of thoughts on overall? If, yeah. It's it's very funny that you ask me this question. Maybe it's completely reasonable. Uh, I think so. But it's funny because that is what I'm thinking about the last days a lot. Mm. And I I think I have to admit I'm quite pessimistic. Yeah. Because I think we have to acknowledge that most of the people in this world will not make a huge uh, change in consciousness, mm -hmm. especially the ones who have the power. Um, we can change a lot, I can change many people's lives, but the huge majority will stay the same. Yep. And there are some ideas and maybe some, maybe kind of bizarre wishes from like left-wing um, liberates that there must be the huge storm and then things will Reset. change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think this is a good idea and a good wish. I think there will be some changes and hopefully changes to the better and it will be not not non-violent in a way that every change is, is harsh and if you think that the status quo is a quite a violent um, phase right now it's not a, a, a difference between violence and non-violence. Yeah. It's about a good change and, and stay the same or a really, very bad change. Yeah. And I think these techniques and the ideas that comes with them can people really put in the power to make changes and have good ideas in a good way because these these techniques are connecting people mm. that are not dividing um, worlds. Mm. So this is why I have a lot of hope, but I'm still pessimistic because um, there have been um, a, a epochs in our history where there have been very similar ideas and similar techniques. And I'm not sure for most of these scenarios, they didn't work out to, to make a better society. Yeah. I think that doesn't mean that right now it can't be changed, right? I'm, I, I think I'm an optimist in a way that I don't think we have another option to, other than to use good techniques that connect people, mm. improve creativity, improve health, put people in the best state they can to make good decisions for a world. Mm. It's, it's totally how I feel as well. I would like to believe we can we can change for the better. Yeah. But I don't see that in history. I see too many loopholes that mm -hmm. as soon as you open yourself up to one thing that also opens it up to another. You know, so I start thinking about people taking out religion out of everything. What's replacing that? What's 
there's going to be another religion. It's just not called religion. Yeah. It might be the religion of science. <laughs> and I thought about it one day and I'm like, wow, the religion of science has atomic bombs. It has, you know, bacteria that can kill millions of people. Religion has a guy on a cross or whatever it is, mm. an idea. And I was like, hmm, what does that really mean? So I guess finishing the conversation, yeah, I want to ask you one question that I ask every guest. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, um, it's a moment, I call it, that blew your mind, a moment that you couldn't see the world the same way. Do you have one moment so far in your life which you woke up, uh, that woke you up, that made you change the way you think forever? I think so, but my feeling um, uh, towards these moments right now is like, I didn't feel like this was a blue my mind moment in, right. in, this, in this moment, in this particular moment. Hmm, interesting. At, uh, from, from the, the um, backward perspective, it's, it's, it was completely. When I was um, in Poland with Wim Hof in this workshop and we make, uh, made the, the trip to the mountain on the last day and it was freezing temperature and we have almost no clothes on it, on us. So just shoes and a bathing, bathing um, suit, bathing uh, trousers. Um, it was mind-blowing because all, almost all of these 60 people made it to the, to the top. And it was mind-blowing because I felt the cold. It was fucking freezing. It was, <laughs> it was really harsh conditions. But I had a close connection to nature as I had never been before so close to mm. a voice of, of mother nature telling me you motherfucker would like to do going out to, to, to the mountain what do you think you are but I was completely connected and um, supported in this moment mm. it was like very opposing feelings but it was it felt completely right, right. and I was completely fearless I, I felt there were some dangers in this situation but I was fearless and I felt a huge connection to other people, huge connection to, to, to nature. And yeah, I was on the next day and the next morning, I was completely regenerated mentally and physically wow. when I was so, so, so pissed off in the evening. Wim Hof was coming to me and yeah, Matthias, we fight depression and this is awesome. You made it. And I was, yeah, we can fight depression, but not today. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. You know, I was so exhausted. But the next next night and the next morning, I was completely regenerated. And mm. this has shown me the value of the method, really. And these three points, fearlessness, connection to nature, and putting my body back into a state of, of good feelings. Perfect, perfect mind-blowing moment. You know, I was saying before, I was saying, don't fucking stop when I was running. Yeah. Maybe that's Mother Nature talking to me. Maybe. So who knows? Maybe I just had my own mind-blowing moment. I, you know, I think your inner voice, there's a huge part of your, your mother, mother Nature, of your nature, of your true core self. Mm-hmm. And some parts are from other people. And I think we really know 100% which is which. Mm. We just have to listen. And we don't give us the time to really listen carefully. Mm. Well, listening more would be a good <laughs> thing to do in general. Um, where can people follow you on the internet? Where can they book your services? I mean, do you do international stuff? Or is it just Germany at the moment? No, I, I have some international workshops. Um, I'm, I'm planning to go to Israel cool. in the next days or next next months and, and this year. Mm-hmm. I have a workshop in, in Portugal. So European countries. Yep. Most of the time, Germany, um, of course, and and uh, Austria, mm-hmm. and you can find me at the wimhoffmethod.com page. When you cool. look at for instructors and my name, you see, see all my workshops. Um, I think this is the the easiest way to find me. I have a, a two podcasts actually, an English speaking speaking podcast, Science on the Rocks, where I just shed light on the science behind the Wim Hof method with awesome. my wife. Two so. podcasts. Uh, no, well, practice. Yeah. 
Wim Hof method. <laughs> How do you find the time? <laughs> Just get up early. I, and still, I think I don't do enough. <laughs> That's the crazy ironic thing of my, my life. I think I have more capacities. And I still think it's not working out that well. I have to do more. And still find, find calmness in my life. And, and still joy and silence. And um, uh, I think what motivates me is to get my ideas into the world. Mm. Get benefits from interviewing other people other experts and mm. people can listen to it i, I find it very nice mm. but it's something for me correct and yeah i know i'm selfish but i think it's it's, it's a good selfish i think so I that's so. exactly what i'm doing now you mm. know you to get your time other ways you pay lots of money yeah but we call it a podcast yeah. and now i can sit and talk <laughs> to you thank you for blowing my mind thank You're you welcome. for being You're my welcome. third german guest so there you go. Yeah. You've got an award for being the third Gemma guest. Oh, good things are three. <laughs> this message is brought to you by Deadpool. Hi, Deadpool here. I just want to give maximum effort to my favorite Kiwi podcaster, Will Fleming, from Please Blow My Mind. Thank you for blowing my pants. <coughs> I mean mine, Will. If you also want your pants blown, go ahead and rate and review Please Blow My Mind on iTunes right now. And tell them Deadpool sent you. From the bottom of my pants, spank you. <laughs> <laughs>